0: The way they define ruh is that it's a very subtle, intricate substance which mixes with the flesh and blood of a human being, and by that, the human being is alive. And when it goes out, the human being is dead. They give an example, they said that if you've got a moist stick, you know, you've picked, you've just pulled off a, a stick, uh, broken off a little twig from a tree and it's moist Uh, that moisture in it is what kept it alive now when that moisture dries out then that would become a dry stick similar kind of idea the the only reason the tree survives is because it's got the moisture coming and running through it they say that that's slightly like whereas that moisture you can actually extract whereas the rule we cannot extract the angel can extract it he's got the machinery to do that we don't have the know-how to do that the ruh goes it goes then it's a lifeless form so that's ruh. so essentially the other way to look at ruh is the essence of anything is the thing which makes something work without it it's not going to work even though the whole box is there this is useless now this machine doesn't work anymore throw it away it's a massive piece of metal but it's useless now because the motor is gone and you can't change it for example so it's the thing which makes something work that's why he says ruh rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen was salatu was salamu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmi deen amma ba'd Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala Reward Ibn Ata'illah Al-Iskandari Rahimahullah We continue uh, with His Book of Wisdoms, so we're on page 99 and the wisdom number is number 10, so this is one of His earlier ones It's a really, really <coughs> profound one and it deals with something really, really fundamental in our faith So what it's going to be about today is, this is what he says, he says al Amalu Suwarun Qa'imatun um, actions are just lifeless forms any action we do is just a form it's a template it's an image of some sort but then he says but the presence of an inner reality of sincerity within them is what endows them with life-giving spirit meaning there has to be a spirit inside that makes them real there's no point of having a phone that doesn't work a laptop that doesn't function it's just the form it's just an empty case it's got everything in there but it has no life it's broken down the process is gone and with anything else, you've got a car, but the engine is blown. There's no ruh inside it. So what's the point of that car? And when it comes to worship, we don't have museum pieces. At least with a car, even if it doesn't work, you might become a museum piece if it's an antique. But with, there's nobody to look at our actions without form inside. So that's why he really encapsulates the importance of sincerity. And in fact, the importance of worship, because worship is nothing without sincerity. So that's why he says, Al-A'malu suwarun qa'imatun. Actions, any action that we do, we pray, we speak, we fast, we go to Hajj, we assist somebody else, we give sadaqa, we do an act for somebody else. There's an outer form to it, people will see it. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where it should matter, and the benefit of it that should matter in and invest for us in the hereafter, that will only come from this reality of this sincerity. Wujudul ikhlas. Arwahuha, its spirit, the thing which gives it life, is the secret of a sincerity which is in it. So, let's look at this today and let's understand what ikhlas is, what sincerity is. So, I'm gonna just um, explain the words that he uses. So, he uses Al-A'malu suwarun Al-A'mal is the plural of Amal. And that just means any kind of bodily movement any kind of bodily action or activity that the human being does with their body or with their heart the heart we have several different stages of the heart because we have thoughts good and bad thoughts so you have a fleeting thought sometimes a thought comes in your mind an idea for good or bad comes in the mind and it goes away it doesn't stay it just comes in i should donate And then it goes away without you interacting with it then the second stage is the thought comes in and it lingers it lingers but you don't interact with it it kind of comes in your mind but you're too busy or too negligent to think about it so that's called the lingering thought the fleeting thought the lingering thought the third level is when a thought comes in the mind and you actually start interacting with it. yes i should do that oh but i don't feel like it well, I do feel like it, right, whether good or bad you actually interact with it but then you don't incline towards it and then it goes that's the third level the fourth level is when you um, uh, now become inclined that yes I should do this or I shouldn't do this you make a you're making you're inclining towards a decision but you've made not made a full resolve yet and the fifth stage is when you make a full resolve to do it so Ulama say that when you've made a full resolve to do something, that is an action of the heart. Until then it was just thought, first four stages were just thought. But once you've made a decision that yes, tomorrow I'm going to go and do this. I'm definitely going to donate a hundred pounds to today. I'm just going to pull my wallet out, I'm just going to wait for them to come to me, something like that. Or I'm going to commit this haram, yes, I've planned it. Let me purchase the tickets so before you purchase the ticket that's an external action but internally is like I'm gonna purchase the ticket I'm convinced and I have resolved to do it that's an action of the heart there's other actions of the heart that has not, not that don't necessarily have an outer form for example for a person to think that I'm become a kafir or I've become a believer Of course, then we express it afterwards, but that much if somebody did like said I've become a believer I believe in Allah in their heart only and they never managed to say it with their tongue according to and then they died Majority of scholars would say they'd go to paradise Likewise the other way around Somebody decided in their heart that and they don't tell anybody but they don't believe now That would be kufr Even if they're praying outside So you get actions of the limbs and you get actions of the heart the action of the heart is when you fully resolve to do something and you take on something like that so he that's what he's saying that's actions right so he says essentially means um, any kind of form that takes place right any kind of outer form and casing uh, that takes place is essentially Uh, Ruh is the spirit that makes the human alive The way they they define Ruh is that it's a very subtle, intricate substance Which mixes with the flesh and blood of a human being And by that the human being is alive And when it goes out, the human being is dead They give an example, they said that if you've got a moist stick you know, you've picked, you've just pulled off a, a stick, uh, broken off a little twig from a tree, and it's moist. Uh, that moisture in it is what kept it alive. Now, when that moisture dries out, then that would become a dry stick. Similar kind of idea. The, the only reason the tree survives is because it's got the moisture coming and running through it. They say that that's slightly like, whereas that moisture you can actually extract, whereas the root, we cannot extract. The angel can extract it. He's got the machinery to do that. We don't have the know-how to do that. The ruh goes, it goes. Then it's a lifeless form. So that's ruh. So essentially, the other way to look at ruh is the essence of anything. Is the thing which makes something work. Without it, it's not going to work. Even though the whole box is there, this is useless now. This machine doesn't work anymore. Throw it away. It's a massive piece of metal. But it's useless now because the motor's gone, and you can't change it. For example, so it's the thing which makes something work. That's why he says ruh, and uh, he says here though when we're talking about ruh, the ruh here refers to anything by which you reach perfection in that action. When the action becomes perfect and real, that that's what ruh refers to here. And ikhlas, of, of course, is simple. The way to describe ikhlas is when you uh, singly uh, do something purely for the sake of Allah and nobody else. Like, I'm only doing this for Allah. Now, you know, just like with everything else in the world, biking, there's levels of biking, right? S- expertise, there's levels of mechanics, there's levels of reading, you know, there's refinement in everything. So, even ikhlas actually has many stages which we're going to be looking at today Ikhlas is not just one single idea that okay I'm doing this for the sake of Allah there's actually multiple stages here and if we're on any of those stages at least we've got ikhlas if we're not on any of those stages then we have no ikhlas then the action is empty that's what we're going to look at today Uh, another way to look at this is the secret of ikhlas then sirrul ikhlas, secret of ikhlas, essence of ikhlas is that truthfulness Absolute truthfulness in a person's heart Where the person is doing something for the sake of Allah Knowing it comes from Allah That Allah is the one who allowed him to do it And they're offering it to Allah And there's absolutely nobody else involved in that idea You don't care about anybody else You're doing it purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another way to look at is ikhlas Is to remove from our heart The thought that I'm somebody else is going to notice it now they're might they going to notice if you do something outward we're human beings you buy a new car just for yourself your neighbours are going to notice it whether you like it or not they're going to notice it it's going to affect somebody or the other you say why should people worry about that well look that's the world you live in what are you going to do shut everybody up stop them thinking that's the way we interact with one another we form opinions by just looking at somebody so you can't help that can you Ikhlas is just when you do something purely for the sake of Allah people can say what they want and if they praise you alhamdulillah But you're doing it for allah even if somebody praises me. I still did it for Allah that has not bothered me So ikhlas is to remove from the heart riyah, which means ostentation, which means to show wa shirk khafi and uh, essentially what they call subtle shirk not blatant shirk that I am Believing in another God besides Allah or I'm ascribing partners to Allah. That's blatant shirk And subtle shirk is when we do actions that should be reserved for Allah, we do it for somebody else. As well, maybe. Um, To remove any kind of self, also, number two, forget anybody else. There's also another level, remember there's multiple levels here. So there's also another level, is that I don't care about anybody else, but you know what, I did this. That's also not ikhlas. I don't care whether anybody watches or not. I don't really care about that, but I did it. That's another sin. That's ujub. That's self conceitedness. That's in Arabic they call it ujub and mula'hatul nafs to think that oh I achieved this. No. Ya yeah Allah, thank you for letting me do this. I'm grateful to you that you chose me to do this. So it's the same thing but you're like, no, Allah is the one who allowed me to do it. I didn't do it. I did it, obviously, but Allah allowed me to do it. So you just, the focus is Allah. So he's saying that if you're going to do it to show off, that in itself will mess the action up completely. And if you're doing it, uh, if, you're, if you're doing this to just think, I did it, but you're not to show off to others, but just to satisfy yourself that I did it, it's from me, you know, then that will... At least encroach on the perfection of the action the action will be there because you're not doing you're doing it for allah clearly i've done this tahajjud for allah i've done all my prayers in the masjid for allah i've donated this to allah not to show anybody else but then you think i did it can you see how it's still there's still an aspect there that you're not fully a servant of allah because you should just think you didn't do it allah made you do it So you should be thankful to Allah for that. So, in other words, he's saying that at the end of the day, actions are pretty much all forms and figures. That's what they are. And their souls are when you find a sincerity in there. Sincerity is not tangible, is it? It's a thought in your mind. So. With the body we, perf- we, we perform an action and we produce a form But with our mind and heart We get <clears throat> the focus right It's Very interesting We get the focus right So he says just like with a, any other form A book You got a computer or whatever Just like they need something to function with otherwise they're gonna be just dead human beings are dead animals are dead they got no life in them what's the point of a horse or a car without an engine doesn't work likewise he says that there is no real existence for any bodily actions or any heart actions unless you've got sincerity in there they're just forms empty boxes That's why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in Surah Al-Bayyinah, verse five, Allah says, "Wama umiru illa Allah din." The only thing they've been commanded to do is that they worship Allah and they singly focus it for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala only, mukhlisina din, hunafa, and basically cut away from everything else. <coughs> Pure monotheism that's all that wama umiru illa the way allah is saying is it, like that's all they were told to do that's the only command they were given that if you're going to worship allah do it properly meaning you better worship allah but do it properly only for him nobody else then allah subhanahu wa taala said in surah az-zumur fa'budillaha fa'budillaha worship allah devote yourself to allah Making your deen sincerely and purely for him Then after that There's a Hadith hadith Qudsi actually where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself declares he says "Ana aghna shuraka I am the most independent of any partners that you may ever put with anyone I'm the most independent of partners, which means I don't need partners. I don't like having partners I can't have partners. So if you're going to do something for me plus for someone else, you've messed it up because I don't need. from غني. I'm independent. I'm self-sufficient. I have everything. I don't need anybody to help me and assist me. That's why then Allah says, So if anybody does, after knowing this, I mean, you better know this. Uh, if anybody does uh, ascribe a partner to me, Doing something for someone else uh, along with me, then I'm just gonna abandon him and his partner because I don't need any of you. The Prophet ﷺ then says, The Prophet ﷺ warned, he said that one of the worst things that I really fear for my ummah, the thing that I have the greatest fear for in my ummah, is not big shirk. You know the, the major blatant clear uh ascribing others with allah but it's when you do it subtly meaning when you don't do it purely for allah's sake and you do it to show the your neighbor or your friend or your father or or people or whatever right or the masses whoever it is on you know on social media or whatever that's what i mostly fear because that is very very difficult to get rid of that is ostentation in another version of that riwayah it says al-shirk Beware of, be fearful of This really, really subtle form Of uh, shirk Which is riya, which is ostentation Just to show somebody else And it's so easy to get misguided in this It's so easy You do something Eventually, shaitan tries to stop you But you eventually do the good deed And then somebody notices it that's why, you know, there's people who call, there's a brother who called from America, he says that here usually it's these big fundraising, uh, fundraising events that we have for the masjids where you buy tickets and then, you know, there's this massive fundraising, put, people put their hand up and, you know, names are called out and uh, celebrated and congratulated and, and so on. He's saying this is how people make money here, you know, to raise money here. So I said, look, I mean, we can't call it haram at the end of the day, but the better way to do it is more subtly. Because here there's going to be people who will uh, maybe donate, maybe even sincerely. But then there's going to be others who will find out and say, MashaAllah, look at that guy, okay, he donated 50,000, 30,000. You get some people who just match it all. It says, whatever you collect today, I'm going to match it all so at the end of the day somebody because you know you can't stop people from saying things can you that's that's the thing and then after that in your heart creeps in like Alhamdulillah you know I don't or you donate uh, 20 and somebody donates uh, you know somebody's donated 10 you do 20 to outbid them there's a bit of competition that takes place isn't it very difficult to keep it right in America for our masjid when I was there, the imam, uh, the masjid I was in, I tried to keep it as subtle as possible So what we would say is that we're raising money, everybody would be sitting there And then, you know, we're looking for, you know, 10,000, whatever it is And people would just put their hand up and somebody would go there So there wouldn't <coughs> be any names called or whatever Just to keep it as subtle as possible So you can be creative about how you do it to try to maintain or maybe give a little... Warning or little admonition or exhortation about ikhlas so that people don't lose what they're giving. I don't know, maybe some people have so much disposable income, it's alright, man. I don't get some reward for this, it's alright. It's not a problem. I don't know. Wallahu alam. But I'm scared about that because at the end of the day, you know, uh, we want to try to maximize, we want to maximize what we can do. Allah make it easy. So it's, you see, out of all of the problems of the heart, like jealousy and hatred and greed and temptation, all that stuff, they say that all of that is kind of blatant. You can see those and you can probably get rid of them because you can really see it. When it comes to love of the self and showing off, that's very, very difficult to get rid of because you get a psychological complex, you become defensive. And you justify your state So it's so deep rooted Because it's so close to the heart It's a love of the self Now you know when you have jealousy Then you know that I'm jealous of that brother I'm jealous of that person But when it's just showing off It's a difficult one And it's probably even more difficult If you're a person who likes to vocalize And express things And Tell people your achievements Now, when you tell somebody Your achievement, that doesn't have to be Riyadh, uh, because you may be Telling them to encourage them But your mind better be clear you know, your, your heart needs to be in the right place for that So, there's one younger Scholar, he says, I want to do stuff on you know, Social media, and what do I do I said, well look, it's tough Because the whole way sh- social media works Is about promoting yourself and you have to do things in a certain way to promote yourself to catch people's attention because there's a lot of competition out there There's hundreds and thousands of channels and accounts and I mean, how do you, how do you get noticed? Right? Initially, if they don't know you, then how do you get noticed? So that's why, and it's okay, you know, if you've got a product to sell, you can advertise, no problem There's nothing haram about advertising, it's business not saying advertise yourself, but advertising a product or something of your got, or even advertising, you know, uh, an, a service you're offering. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you need to be for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That balance is kind of difficult. Okay, another rewire says, al khafi." Be careful of this really subtle uh, polytheism. dami, It crawls. It, it moves through you. Its movement is like the movement of ants do you hear ants you might see them if you notice them but you don't hear them so that's why they're very subtle shirk is very subtle this khafi, this ostentation is very subtle somebody asked what is this this subtle shirk that you're speaking about ya rasulullah which is ostentation and uh, one of the reasons for that they explain Is that it stays in the heart for much longer And you become used to it So you don't notice it anymore Even though it's creeping around A lot of the time, you know what? You need somebody else to tell you That's what I think I've noticed That you need somebody else to point it out Because we just justify too much So um, we just need somebody else to point it out Because they can see it, usually, usually. They can't, they can't always see it They can have suspicion about it You can't accuse somebody of ostentation because they might have that don't ever do that like just because somebody likes to say things that doesn't mean they've got ostentation because they might have purity of that it's difficult but they could have a pure sincerity but of course if you've been uh, if you're a good friend of somebody and say look this is what i think are you you know then you can have that conversation and try to help somebody there's a hadith uh, there's a hadith which mentions that Prophet ﷺ was asked about Ikhlas, right? Faqala, he said, wait, hatta as'ala Jibreel, let me ask Jibreel about it. Jibreel salam. When he asked Jibreel salam, Jibreel A.S. said, wait for the response, I need to ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, I need to ask the Lord of Might. So he asked him, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, wa sirrum min asrari. Uh, this is one of the secret subtleties from my secrets. It's one of the secrets of my secrets. Meaning, it's a quite a complex idea, right? I place ikhlas into the hearts of any of my servants that I love. Whoever I want, I can give. It, I give it to them. So it has to come from Allah. It's a gift of Allah to have ikhlas. So that, that if you want to, how do you get a gift from Allah then? You just ask Allah. One of the beautiful du'as in that regard is, "Allahumma taahir qalbi min nifaq wa amali min al-riya' wa lisani min al-khabir wa min al-ayyuna min al-khiana." It carries on, but the main thing is, "O oh Allah, purify my heart from hypocrisy." "Allahumma uh, taahir qalbi min al-nifaq wa amali min al-riya' and my actions through this ostentation." "O oh Allah, grant me ikhlas." Grant me sincerity. And if you're looking out for it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why he said that I place it into the hearts of whoever I like from my servants. And لا عليه ملك فيكتبه ولا شيطان فيفسده. According to this narration, there's no angel that can look at this and thus write, write it. No shaitan can see it and try to um, corrupt it. The shaitan can't see it to corrupt it, but shaitan can try to corrupt your action But once Allah has placed that in there, that's it. Then then that's the great thing uh, so Ulama have explained this as what they call maqamul ihsan Which the prophet explained as where you can eventually worship Allah as though you see him You don't see Allah but as though you see him so you know when you're doing something for someone that can see Then your focus is there because it helps you focus so that's that's what it is now as i said to you that ikhlas is not a single one entity there's multiple layers of ikhlas and this will be very useful for us to understand where we are with this and allah Subhanahu Wa Taala improve us in this regard saying that the first level of ikhlas the first one the stepping the first step of this is ikhlasul awam ikhlas of the common folk uh, that if they get ikhlas this is what they get which is ikhrajul khalki min mu'amalati al haqqi مع الطلاب الدنيوية كحفظ البدن والمال والكسور والحور What does that mean? So he's saying that for a common person, if they get ikhlas, their ikhlas means to remove, it's a bit of a strange statement, but what he means is Whenever you're interacting with Allah, whenever you're doing something for Allah, then you don't let any creation come into that. You don't let any other created being so you're not doing it for any other focus besides a focus related to Allah However, look at this. This is not pure yet. I'm doing this for the sake of Allah I'm not doing it for any creation of Allah. That is dunya, right? However I do have other motivations in there that are related to Allah What do you mean by that? so he says for example you're fasting Because one of the benefits of fasting is to, protect, uh, is to get health So you're doing it for the sake of Allah And you're doing it to protect your uh, health as well You're doing it I'm giving zakat Because Allah has, uh, Allah has said that You purify yourself with that You know when you Take sadaqa. Uh, and zakat from them that you purify them with so you get purification so I want that purification you're Saying, say what's wrong with that nothing wrong with that it's just not the higher level or for example you know that نقص, the Prophet ﷺ said ما if you give sadaqah your wealth will not de- become deficient because you're literally getting rid of dirt from your wealth by doing this so then you're, you're Wealth becomes pure, Allah gives you more. So, you've got a haven't you got a focus there that if I give this sadaq, Allah is going to give me 70 times more? you got that focus, right? Is there anything wrong with that? No, it's a good business deal to be honest. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not there yet. We want it even more perfect. This is good enough, but it's not perfect yet. Risk, which means that you want expansion in your risk by giving. Allah promises you to give back. That guy gives a lot, he gets back, I'm going to get back as well. Nothing wrong with that. It's related to Allah. Well, Wal hur, and then if it's about the hereafter, you want the mansions of paradise, palaces of paradise. Anybody not want that, right? And the hur, at least for the guys, they want the hur, right? The the maidens of paradise. So, is there anything wrong with this? No. This is still ikhlas, but it's still at the first level. We need to upgrade. This is uh, the beta version of ikhlas, or 1.0. What is Ikhlasul? Now, there's the second level which is Ikhlasul Khawas This is the Ikhlas of the specially selected ones. How does that change? They've got no worldly objective in this at all. They don't care about an increase of Rizq or anything like that of the dunya. Yeah, but they are focused on paradise and the and Qusur and everything like that, the palaces and all that, they're worried about that. So they've just, they don't care about the world. They've moved out and okay, this, I don't really care, I'm going to die anyway. That's the real life. Can you see it's an upgrade? It's an update of your idea that at the end of the day, it's in the Akhirah what matters. So their focus is in the Akhirah and they focused about paradise. What can be greater than that then? What can be the higher level than that he says this is the ikhlas and sincerity of the specially select from the especially selected ones so this is the cream of the crop they have no other desire in there at all it's just i'm doing this for allah because i'm a servant of allah I don't expect anything, I don't want anything, I'm just doing my job. Just purely. That's the only time you've actually realized the pure oneness of Allah, that there's only one Allah in the absoluteness of that. I don't care about, I don't even care about paradise. That's a side idea. If I do want to go to paradise, it's only because I want to see Allah. Because that's where you see Allah. Once a week you see Allah in paradise, that's why they want to go to paradise. Otherwise, they don't care about anything else. Then he says, "For ibadah to whom, their worship then is just to verify proper servitude. I'm just trying to express that I'm a servant of Allah. That's what all. I'm just a pure servant. I don't care. I don't want anything. I'm not looking for anything. They're just trying to fulfill the responsibilities of the Lord. He's my Lord. that's what I have to do. I can't ask for anything. I'm a slave. Or i just want to see allah that's why i want to go to paradise so it's purely allah 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 there's nothing besides allah in that case can you see that? that i mean do you guys get that now the three levels of this and of course within those levels there'll be ranges in there as well allah allow us to ascend beyond the first level allah allows to get on the ladder and be upgraded you know um, there's no more stages beyond this. It's it's already done deal. That's it. This is what it is. That's why Ibn, no, no, look out uh, look at how the awliya and the, the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala express this Why do we look at their poems and things as we understand where they were with this how they attained this so Ibn al He's a great uh, poet uh, Sufi poet he says Laysa su'li minal jinani na'iman غَيْرَ أَنِّي أُحِبُّهَا لِأَرَاكَ لَيْسَ سُؤْلِي مِنَ الْجِنَانِ نَعِيمًا غَيْرَ أَنِّي أُحِبُّهَا لِأَرَاكَ My purpose for uh, my, my asking for paradise is not for it to be a bounty that I'm looking for except the fact that I would just love to see you there because paradise is the place you see Allah he knows what he wants. He knows when he goes to paradise, I'm waiting for that Friday. Because then I can go and see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's all I'm worried about. Another one says, Another <laughs> He says, all of these guys, they worship Allah because of their fear of hellfire. It's not a bad idea, not a bad place to start. To be fearful of hellfire is a big thing. But he's saying, that's not my, I've gone beyond that. He's not doing it to show off, he's telling people what to do. He says that all of them, they worship Allah because of their fear of hellfire. And they see that safety and delivery from it they see that as a major achievement or their objective is that they live in these gardens meaning the gardens of paradise and thus they are in these beautiful orchards and they're drinking from the salsabeel i don't have an option i don't have an idea i don't have an opinion with regards to paradise or hell i don't have an opinion meaning i don't have an objective with regards to it except that I'm not, going to, I'm not going to take an alternative to my beloved. Like he's so focused that I want Allah and all of this doesn't really matter. Of course, Allah will give it to them. But they're not focused on it. A Shaykh Abu Talib rahimahullah, says, al min that ikhlas according to the mukhliseen is to basically remove any kind of created being when we're dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the first of those created beings is the nafs itself, is the ego to overcome that. Then he, another person says that ikhlas according to the lovers of Allah is that they don't do any action because they feel like doing it. Right, otherwise the purpose of that would be that I want a reward for it. I'm going to do this. so I'm going to get reward for it So for example if I go into a store into a shopping market or whatever and I start reading the dua for a million reward Which is promised <laughs> You get a million rewards for him That should be the initial um, the initial action just to get you used to it, but eventually this will be Allah wants me to do it. That's why I'm doing it Because I want to remember because the purpose why why do you think Allah said that? I'm going to give you a million rewards when you read this dua in a market, in a shopping place why? So He can give you a million rewards. That's just an incentive the real reason is that you can get so easily distracted By everything around you, so I want you to remember me but to incentivize it. I'm giving you a million rewards So initially you do it for the million rewards, but eventually it's like I'm doing it because Allah wants me to do it Just to remember Allah, so I don't forget Allah. I don't get involved with all the shaitan. That's here See the upgrade there Right so start off with the million rewards. It's very very big incentive that is but then eventually it's like I'm doing it because I have to remember Allah That's my job Then he says "Ikhlas, according to the muwahideen according to the pure monotheist who really have got to Allah is they just don't even think about people anymore When they're doing anything Their focus is Allah Of course they're living among people uh, One of the Mashaykh said that بالإخلاس, Correct your action through ikhlas And then correct your ikhlas By exonerating yourself By freeing yourself from thinking that There's anything else or anyone else That can help you in doing your action Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That's how you get pure ikhlas I didn't even do this from myself I could not have done this We could not have been sitting here today on this Sunday afternoon And listening to this Unless Allah wanted us to do it That's a beautiful way of thanking Allah Rather than thanking yourself Rather than patting yourself on the back And again if that's too complicated Pat yourself on the back, no problem Start from there Don't let this confuse you Right, if it's going to stop you, because Shaitan is going to try to mess it. So it can be stage by stage, but at least know that there's a higher realm that we need to get to, where it needs to be just purely Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why some of the Shi'uch they said that you know, as long as a person keeps worrying about what people are going to say and react and so on, he can't have ikhlas. This one has to be understood i mean of course you have to worry about what people say if you're going to do something wrong people are going to say right but when you do good deeds you should never worry about what people say that's for sure or if you're abstaining from bad deeds you shouldn't care what you're doing that purely for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's saying that it's impossible for you to focus on allah and people at the same time it just there's a clash it's just not the best place to be just focus on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, Ibn Ajiba, he, he just concludes here, he says that the conclusion of all of this is that it's not possible to get away from this nafs of ours, uh, encroaching on this and corrupting it, right? And there's no way to, to get rid of the more hidden, subtle uh, aspects of Riyah. The big aspects, I show off too much, I know it. That's understandable, but the smaller aspects of it, of in your own mind, the only way you can do that is through somebody who understands this stuff, and you ask them to help you, like a sheikh. That's what he says. That that's that's essentially what you need to do if you really want to get get it done. Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi, This is the way he um, just summarizes it. He says that the righteous deeds of the servant that are devoid of sincerity are like dead bodies without a soul. However, if action is accompanied with sincerity, then the body will have life. Insincere actions are lifeless, are lifeless, and will bring no benefit in the hereafter, though in the world they might look like something, but they don't look like anything in the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ikhlas and sincerity and allow us to ascend these stages, get onto the ladder of sincerity, and go to the highest level before we die. May Allah make that easy for us. اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا اله الا انت سبحانك انا كنا من الظالمين Allah, your mercy. Ya Allah, your, your mercy, your forgiveness, your attention, your blessings. Ya Allah, we can't survive without them. Oh Allah, we are grateful to you for us even being here today. For us even listening to these words and learning about these things. Oh Allah, enhance us. Oh Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, purify us. Oh Allah, bring us close to you. Oh Allah, grant us your love and the love of those whose love will benefit us in your court. Oh Allah, forgive us our wrongdoings our excesses our negligences our delays our oh Allah our procrastinations oh Allah all of our transgressions and our sins and especially those sins that have removed the blessings from our life and removed the sukoon and removed the tranquility and comfort from our homes and have turned people against one another and given us dissatisfaction and created greed and avarice and now oh Allah created hatred oh Allah we ask you forgiveness for those sins that We don't even remember anymore. Oh Allah, forgive us. We don't want to see them rear their ugly heads in the hereafter. And Oh Allah, we ask that you don't allow us to be haunted in the hereafter with our sins. Oh Allah, purify us and allow us to be cleansed so that we die in the best of states. Oh Allah, make our final days the best of our days in this world. Oh Allah, make our... Final actions, the best of our actions. Give us the tawfiq to do this. Oh Allah, make us better people as each day moves along. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we fall. Oh Allah, we become weak. Oh Allah, we get distracted. Oh Allah, assist us and grant us steadfastness. And our oh Allah, forgive us especially those sins that have now become part of our life and we no longer consider them sins anymore. Oh Allah, our oh Allah, we don't want to die in this state. Grant us the karima la ilaha illallah. O oh Allah, we ask that You, in all the abundance that You have given us, in all the re- with all the resources You have given us, do not make them a source of burden and challenge for us. O oh Allah, rather make it instrumental for us to come closer to You and to be beneficial to others and to be accepted for the service of Your Deen. O oh Allah, we ask that You grant respite and delivery for our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering in oppression in. The many different places and countries in the world and oh allah we ask that you accept us and you allow us to fulfill our permissible projects and you bless our deceased one deceased ones and you cure our ill ones and oh allah you bless us all here and allow us to turn away from here while being forgiven and while being inspired and while being enhanced and while being Advanced in our faith and grant us sincerity and ikhlas in everything that we do and remove the ostentation Remove the especially the hidden ostentation Allow us to have pure ikhlas and sincerity pure ikhlas and sincerity and protect us from all the forms of corruptions and adulterations That may take place. Oh Allah We ask that you send you abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and grant us his company in the hereafter subhana rabbika Uh, The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam at least at their basic level so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, And that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident You don't have to leave lectures behind you can continue to leave, uh, you know to listen to lectures But you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa wabarakatuh